Hello, 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 hello. It's good to see you. Say hello. Welcome to the Husky Hockey Podcast, your number one resource, well, maybe number two resource to remind you that Grant Deshaun's older brother, Roman, played for Wisconsin. Because don't I don't say. know where, I don't know where you could have, uh, you know, else you could have heard that uh, other than the uh, wonderful announcers that we had uh, for, for, uh, for the Wisconsin series, because I believe it was every time he was on the ice, uh, it was a reference to Roman. You said that they're related. I, I wouldn't have even thought that they're related. That's such a common name. <laughs> just, just. Uh. Yeah, from the uh, you know, it just depends on which uh, which sect of the family of Ashans that they are uh, related. That's right. To. You got so uh, I'm Wally sitting with Andrew. We're here to recap the uh, sweep of the Badgers, just as we both Woo. predicted. Um, you know, uh, Friday's game, kind of how uh, I thought it, everything would go. Saturday's a uh, little little dicey uh at times so we'll give you a kind of uh kind of both of our our takes here and i don't know if you have like an elevator pitch i guess or like a short little um you know because we got a lot to talk about in this podcast and i want to try to keep it you know under an hour and a half so so let's try elevator pitch all right well how, how would you say this series went i i you know me i like some wordplay Oh. Uh, I think you know you like some wordplay too. What are the what's the first three letters of Badgers? Uh, that would be uh, Bravo Alpha Delta B A. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And what does that spell? Um, that would spell bad. Yes, and that um, I think is an apt. Uh, it's it's fitting, you know. I'm kind of getting it back to all the people that say can't spell S, you know, SCS or sucks without SCSU. Has it, I'm sure and someone in the history of the world has pointed out the bad Badgers thing. Oh, yeah. Pro- probably in and the I Us guess, Show forums. Oh, way back. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, I think, I think actually what happened is that you capitalized B A D and then G E R S. There you go. There you go. Bad. So I'm not saying that this is original material, but I think fitting, at least for the last. I don't know, significant chunk of, you know, er, significant era in Badger hockey has been marked by kind of not great play. And I do think that you you sort of hinted at it where the the Saturday game, it wasn't as bad. Like I was thinking after Friday, we're going to come on here again like last year and just hoot and holler and (laughs) point and laugh about how horrible – Wisconsin was in the Saturday game. <clears throat> I would still wouldn't say that they certainly was the best of the four games between the two years series uh, between these two teams that they've played um, by far the most competitive uh, that they, they were. Um, I still would say that the Huskies probably outplayed them slightly. I, I don't, and it really wasn't like the, the game never was really in doubt as far as I never thought they were going to lose the game. Maybe you know, after they tied it up, maybe we're thinking, okay, worst case scenario a tie but i i it just it never it, i never was never really all that fearful that the that the huskies were actually going to lose uh 
one of these games or at least that Saturday game. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I can't, you know, I was ready after Friday's, you know, cause last year we kind of came with a hot take about <clears throat> 10 wins are going to struggle to get that. And I was thinking what, you know, hot take it again, this play is they're going to be last place in the big 10 after Saturday. Uh, you know, I'm not here to say that they're going to actually be a competitive team in the big 10. I'm not sure if I would go as far as to say last place, if they can play like that, every now and then, and especially in the league that they're in. Um, it's also kind of a younger league, similar to how they're built. They'll they'll fall into a couple of wins. Um, and so, but I, I don't expect it to be a better, a much better team than last year's team. And mm-hmm. so I just think for, from the Huskies perspective, you won games against a team that you're better than. And you yep. did it on the road, which is... I mean, obviously, Wisconsin is is what they are, but impressive to do that on the road, and having to play some uh, against some adversity, or at least against a formidable opponent on that Saturday game, and being able to weather a bit of a storm there and and, and pull out a late win, I think, is impressive. Of the four games, I mean, we just don't have it's four games against St. Thomas and Wisconsin, and I'm not really sure if I still I'm still not quite. <clears throat> fully knowledgeable about this team yet based on those four results but i'm feeling better than i was last week about it uh and so i guess i'm starting there and and, and going into mankato i think it's gonna be a great series so i mean two thumbs up so far for me for this huskies team this season yeah and you know like you said going into that mankato series as well with just kind of the ebbs and flows that mankato has had so far this season already you know just so so young and you know they're kind of dominant performance of uh minnesota duluth so yeah it's going to be that's going to be an interesting series and obviously we'll talk about that here a little bit later in the show uh but yeah i i agree with wisconsin i do think they're a little bit better than last year so i do maybe 12 13 wins uh but offensively that's a team that's going to struggle to score goals. Um, you know, I, I, again, you know, props to both uh, Caster and Bassey for yep. the uh, great job that they did in that. But at the same token, there were a lot of missed chances uh, that Wisconsin just flat out shot wide that I don't right. think that a Denver or a North Dakota are going to miss those chances. I mean, there was that one um, on Friday, that was a two on O that literally rolled off the stick. That right. wasn't even like a bouncing puck. It just, you just whiffed on it. So it's, you know, they made the, they made the stops that they needed to. So, you know, huge props to them. Cause that was the biggest question mark, obviously going into the series, but you know, they have, both of them have completely answered the call and I'm loving the tandem so far. Um, and it's, it's going to be. Uh, you know, quite the predicament Brett Larson's going to be in kind of towards the end of the season if they're both playing like this. Um, so it's, which is, you know, I would say it's a good thing. I know some people, and I think maybe you're even in this camp, is that you want one kind of to take the reins and and uh, kind of grab a hold of it. But, I mean, allowing, you know, one goal or less each game so far this season, you know, that's, that's a good sign. Yeah, I I expect the the tandem goaltending tandem to continue at least 
the first month plus. Uh, and like I said, I I think I said on last week's show, if if both of these goalies put up a nine fifteen plus save percentage, I guess I really don't care. The tandem can continue, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just ideal, especially running into uh, postseason time. You generally don't see po- you know a, a tandem in a NCHC first round series, for instance, or the NCAA tournament. So I think ideally you do want one guy to to grab the reins, but I'm not going to complain, as you said, not going to complain when we're giving up one goal max in each of the first four games. Uh, so, and I, I do agree too that, and this is why I, I'm still hesitant to just go all in on how I feel about this team yet is that a lot of it was Wisconsin incompetence for this series mm-hmm. uh, shot. You know, they, they, they generated some decent chances, but it seemed like there were so many times this weekend that it was that one last pass to an open guy. They, they missed the pass or the pass would, yep. would bleed off his stick. Or like you said, shot, they would shoot it you know, high and wide you know, on power plays, you know, going back to the point, the point man wouldn't be able to keep a, uh, puck in the zone. There was a lot of times during the weekend that I was saying thank you to the you know as I'm watching <laughs> the TV, like thank you. It's like you yeah. screwed up for us. Yeah, that was um, a guess. So yeah, and so yeah, I wasn't thoroughly impressed at all with with Wisconsin, and that helped out St. Cloud for sure. But um, lots lots of of good to take away from the Huskies' perspective. You mentioned the goaltending. I think that maybe should lead it off as far as we thought this is the biggest question mark and so far so good and we'll mm-hmm. we'll we'll get to know more about that this coming weekend with with definitely uh, clearly their their biggest test so far this year um and again i would kind of assume that we're going to stick with castor on friday and bassy on saturday until that doesn't work i'm assuming that's going to be how it is for mm-hmm. the near future so, uh, but also I saw, you know, Crookshank, I thought was great. Did you know that he's from Wisconsin? Speaking oh. about uh, talk, talking you, points. Uh, did you know the, that he was their crew? He, yeah, he was yeah. Uh, committed to Wisconsin. So. That's right. Uh, Delafield, Wisconsin. It's in, so brain, brain in my brain now. Oh. Yeah. I thought he was great. Um, yeah, I thought he was, that all, the, he was all over the place. I thought the top line did a good job. With a ton of chances, not as not a ton of finishes on those chances. You had mentioned Wisconsin with the two one zero flooding in. Also, St. Cloud, uh, you know, missing the net on a two zero opportunity themselves on Friday. So, but I thought they did a good job. However, the action. If it's the one I'm thinking of, that two one zero, and I was you know bring this up on Friday. If we just want to talk about Friday's game here, yeah, sure. You know that two one zero that we did miss the net. But we ended up, you know, that was on Cooper Wiley's goal, I believe. Where That's we right. ended up, I think you're right. Yeah. Like right five seconds that. later, we kept up the pressure. We didn't slouch or like, oh, geez, point to the heavens and kind of skate away or anything. We kept up the pressure. It went to Cooper. And, um, you know, I want to say uh, it was Okabe, I think, maybe. who was Okabe you know, was the guy that shot it. Yeah. We shot the two on all. Yeah, yeah. Well, he just parked himself in front of the net, provided the screen for Cooper uh, to get his first goal. So, I mean, it was kind of the same with, uh, you know, Mike Miller had that chance. Um, then ended up, you know, passing over to Crookshank um, uh, for for their goal. You know, it was 
it was that kind of mentality of you know keeping up the pressure, which I was really happy to see from this uh, Huskies team that created a lot of that turning point there in that uh, in that second period because the the first period I thought was pretty even, um, right. and then the second period it was like okay now we're starting to find our groove, kind of kick it in gear here. Um, you know, Crookshank scores obviously. Um, Grant Deshaun gets the shorty, which Deshaun on the penalty kill is yeah. is quite um, and, uh, and from a great pass from Crookshank too. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, that was and then a minute that, later that was was, was Cooper's yeah. goal. So it was like all of a sudden it's like oh, okay, yep, here we go back to how we figured Wisconsin would be. So it was. Uh, it was it was great to see kind of them keep up that tenacity and, and picked it up. Um, I thought also the defense was good in front of in front of Caster, not allowing that sustained pressure. You know, if they did get those chances that they did whip on, and they gave us you know a little bit of grace there, but they didn't allow second, third chances very often. You know, we were able to kind of clear it out and whatnot. So props to the defense for for. Uh, Staying on their, uh, staying on their toes when, when the you know, Wisconsin started to have something cooking. Yeah, yeah, and I thought that uh, you know you brought up a Sean in the lineup on Ingram's line, basically replacing Chase Brand. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Chase Brand for a while, or yeah. at least I wouldn't be surprised if this uh, uh, Ingram, Ashan, and Molinar line continues at least for now. Because I thought that that was, and obviously Ashan's goal was on the penalty kill, so it wasn't you know regular five on five action. And surprised that he's already drawing th- those assignments, Ashan, you know, mm-hmm. uh, getting penalty kill time. But you can see why that he's impressed the coaching staff in order to give him that opportunity so early in the season and cashes in on, on a great goal. And I, I, I really the, the bottom six, the, that Sulquist line, I thought was great. You know, Sulquist himself breakaway chance and another grade a on friday uh and rogers getting his first assist uh that was i believe the fifth goal yep. yeah the anhorn goal. Like goal yeah and a coin who i thought uh, a few times on the weekend hustled to beat an icing just those kind of little things mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're kind of fourth liner and you want to prove yourself and, and prove that you deserve the minutes those kind of things go a long way, at least in my mind, and I'm sure in the coaches, coaching staff's mind, goes a long way to buying you some more action on the ice. So I was really actually impressed with with each of the lines. I mean, they all sort of contributed, and uh, either in the action, like creating the action, like the top line did, finishing, which is like the Crookshank uh, and Micah Miller connection, uh, and then getting ahead to Saturday with uh, with Kupka getting the the game winning goal on the uh, Ingram tip on the power play Kupka obviously being the line mate as of now with Crookshank and, and Miller. So it's like we, we had all four lines contribute in some way, maybe not in the score sheet, but certainly as far as dictating the play himself, Salquist was great on the, uh, on faceoffs all weekend. He won the grand majority of the faceoffs for him. So, uh, this will give you some idea of the depth that this team still has. I, I don't think this top line quite yet has established itself as, as like this nationwide top line, like something that's going to draw eyes across the nation. But if you got a fourth line, like what they are seeing guys produce at, at this point, and then 
the third line with with Ingram and and uh, and Ashan for this weekend. Um, you don't have you don't have two bottom lines that are just nothing. You know, no. like you've you've got you've got guys you've got um, you've got options. And we're not. I mean, there's those guys on the bench that didn't see action this weekend that were that are still sort of intriguing players too. So, still feeling out this Huskies team, but liking what I see so far. And again, sort of still remaining not skeptical, but um, I don't know what the word would be. Just hesitant Tempered. to temper. That's a, that's a very good adjective there because of the 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 two opponents so far. And I think we're going to get a lot better opportunity to make some uh some less tempered judgments about this team after this weekend so yeah that friday game i thought just a veteran like you can you can see him show their experience a little bit as you said not getting rattled um if things didn't you know if if a pass didn't click or an an opportunity goes by the wayside quickly able to to right the ship and and win going away. I even thought that one goal for Wisconsin on Friday was a horrendous <laughs> like, non-call. I mean, the you clear picked, interference. Well, you could have picked one of three penalties. I think it was either a cross check, a check from behind, or definitely was interference. Yeah. And your buddies, the the uh, announcers, are like, "Well, see, you know, puck goes up in the air. You know, it's free for all." <laughs> like, no, that. It's not, exa- not exactly the rules uh, of the game. I don't here. know how many, um, like, I would I would imagine 95 out of 100 times that's going to get called. And maybe they just didn't call it because it's like, they're it up was by so five. Quick. It was they're up and by five. And it was five, like, literally, just, like, he makes the call and, like, immediately the puck drops on it and he just wraps it in. I mean, it probably went in so quickly that they couldn't blow the whistle i i hope that they there's some excuse that they didn't call it no. because that was pathetic um so really even the 5 to 1 score was uh kind of deceiving cuz i don't think wisconsin really deserved a score of the one mm. but in all around good showing and as you said that first period took them a little bit to establish their game and and but once that second once they they got that first first one in you could tell that they were okay. Now we can feel it, and Wisconsin's starting to to press a little bit more, and there and St. Cloud is just able to take advantage of that. So I thought a good all-around effort effort on Friday, and and you know as I mentioned on Saturday, transitioning to that game, just a, a better performance, obviously from Wisconsin, but uh, similar to that Friday game, you know Huskies able to keep their composure. Um, I thought Bassey made some some key saves early mm-hmm. uh, in Saturday to, to to keep the game scoreless. Um, you know that that goal from scored the first one on Saturday. Um, checking it now for the Huskies. Yeah, that, the Crookshank goal. It, Crookshank. it was similar to it was similar to uh, your comment about the two on all that Okabe misses and then they score right away. Coming right on the heels of that five-minute major uh, power play for the Huskies, where they were generating a lot of chances, uh, but keeping it most mostly to the perimeter, and yeah. I thought some more bad angle chances. Kind of how the power play was adrift a little bit towards the end of last year, sort of falling in love with the th- that sort of Ovechkin-esque. 
one yeah, diamer. Yeah, you pass it at that deep point or the deep dot area, um, which is just a, a tough angle to to score on. But it seems like they a lot of their guys are are, are really like taking that shot. I just so they were able to generate a lot of ch- shot attempts on that uh, uh, on that uh, power play, but obviously not able to pop one in and. Every time you have a five-minute power play, it's going to be a momentum swing one way or the other. Either the team that's on the power play is going to score mm-hmm. one or more goals, or the other team that's killing it is going to be able to kill it off, and that that presents a uh, a momentum spark from their perspective as well. And so you're thinking at, right after that that okay, this could turn in the other direction, and then right after that, that's when Crookshank scores kind of a kind of a cheap goal. Yeah, it just kind of, uh, and that's sort of how the fortune goes in hockey. Sometimes you know, you're peppering them with shots during a five minute power play, and then you know something like that goes in. But you could tell that was just okay. This was a potential momentum swing for Wisconsin. Man, St. Claus is going. Uh, uh-uh. we'll take it from here. Uh, but you know, credit to Wisconsin, they came back and I thought a nice goal from Coolman's uh, in the third. Um, had but, to redeem uh, himself from yeah. the terrible uh, Friday game that he had. Yeah, he did not have a good what two penalties plus a misconduct. Um, did not did not play well on Friday and a nice uh, shot that I don't think uh, Bassey had any chance on uh, for that one goal for the for the lone Wisconsin goal on Saturday. But uh, bad uh, too many men penalty, which I missed. I didn't see it really at the time. Um, but it sounds like uh, uh, it was definitely too many men penalty. Even Granado agrees, so uh, it must have been legit. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it and, was, uh, but yeah, like I thought when they when they showed that replay and the the announcers, which obviously were we don't have a ton of good things to comment about the the, the uh, Badger it's announcers. It's a tough but job. It's sort of like it's yeah, I don't. That's that seems like it's. And I thought that maybe. What the what happened? You couldn't really tell from the replay, but I thought that maybe the guy coming off for the change, the puck hit him. That usually is kind of the classic mm-hmm. too many men call. And I think the announcers thought the new guy coming on was the guy that touched it, which you are granted some leanings there. But there was a there there was a clear shot that that I saw where they had six guys on and and no one was headed to the bench. So uh, it was it was the correct call and. As we mentioned uh, already, Kupka getting a tip from a from an Ingram shot on that power play to to put it home and and Huskies hunker down for the last five minutes and, and hang on to a two to one win and and I but I didn't like I said I don't really think that this was a game that Wisconsin really outplayed them I don't I don't think the Huskies greatly outplayed Wisconsin either but it's not like I felt like the Huskies stole one or something like that I just I felt like they kind of you know, they didn't play as well as they did on Friday and Wisconsin played a little bit better. They met the challenge and they were able to come out on top and, and here we sit at four and oh, and that, you know, keeping up with that tenacity that led to some of those goals. And also, you know, like you said about Crookshank, uh, goal after that power play expired, you know, Kupka too, you know, we get that penalty or that power play, we get that opportunity. We stepped up, and that's that's what good teams do, and that's what I feel at times we were missing last year is that we were just waiting maybe for someone else to step up or just we were missing that kind of one spark to happen, and um, not only are we getting that so far, is that we're getting that from 
an array of different players, which is always a good thing um, to have for that depth. As as far as the penalty goes, it it is the right call the way it's written. I I don't know. It's I mean he was he was right there on the bench and he was clearly not giving an advantage to Wisconsin. I am very much like the spirit of the rule type of person. Like, why is this a rule is to make sure that, you know, you don't, you know, it's not obvious that you're skating with six people to gain some kind of an advantage. And, you know, I, I, I just feel like this is an instance where it was just maybe a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a close call. It was the right call the way it's written. I'm not a big fan of the rule. I'm a little fan of more subjective, which leads to a lot of other problems. And I understand that. Um, so it's, oh, I mean, at the, at the time I texted a buddy that was at the game and I, I said, I thought that I, I called it a gift penalty uh, yep. or power play. And seeing the uh, Wisconsin's uh, beat writer, his write-up after the game, where they, you know, they interviewed Granado and kind of laid it out, it, it seemed that at least they didn't think it was a gift. Um, so I, that doesn't really make me feel one better one way or the other about it. But at the time, yeah, in the moment, I was like, this that was weird. When they, when they first whistled it, I thought maybe St. Cloud was going to be called for too many men. Mm-hmm. You knew it was going to be some weird penalty. Uh, and, uh, and I thought, I, I swear that St. Cloud touched it and they, that's when they blew the whistle, but it was a weird call and, and, uh, goes against Wisconsin and St. Cloud takes advantage of it. Yeah. And usually those types of calls where the linesman is kind of the judge when it comes to too many men, usually that's just blown dead right away. Cause they're like, I want to catch you in the act versus like, Oh, 45 seconds ago, you had one too many men on the ice. So it's, that's usually why they blow those ones dead. Well, and, and, you know, talking about rolling with the punches, you know, right after they score that goal, the you know most predictable makeup call comes oh, yeah. up oh, yeah. with, with Pert taking a penalty, which was a penalty, but I, it didn't matter. With the next time that St. Cloud breathed on a Wisconsin player, they're going to be called for a, a penalty. Just kind of give them the chance, and St. Cloud was able to to shut it down for that two minutes. I'm not even sure if Wisconsin had a shot on goal during that, that penalty kill. Mm-hmm. And you know, just kind of milked milked the rest of the clock away, and and uh, and you know, buried the Badgers. And so, you know, being able to to kill that opportunity, the penalty kill has been great so far this year. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it's it's uh, lots of good lots of good uh, takeaways from this series. So, if you're Wisconsin, all right, let's just you know, they split goalies as well. Um, you had. Um, well, who was it? Roe the first week, or Roe Roe on Friday, and then as I sort of suggested in the last podcast, they did give this Kyle McClellan the Mercyhurst transfer, gave him some action on Saturday. Was it? Was I it he they, in the in the Civil War? Wasn't he a general in the Civil War? I think Kyle you're right. Uh, I'm not sure if Kyle was the first name. I suppose but, Kyle is uh, kind of a, Kyle was was a was a newer name. name. Yeah, <laughs> not sure about that. Let's see. Let me see. Yeah, I, I'm not, I think I would have remembered hearing about General George Kyle McClellan, General uh, George McClellan. Yeah. There we go. And wasn't didn't the was it like the Wilds' first year? Didn't they have um, Jamie McClellan or was yes. it McClennan? I'm not sure. If, Jamie McClennan. We'll go. With, we'll go. 
McLennan it was? Yeah. Okay. And, well, we'll Manny, and Manny Fernandez. Manny Fernandez. Were, were our two goalies there in the yeah. original year. Yeah, so... Uh, and, I thought and, I actually, and Jacques Lemaire had a tandem then. <laughs> so he even had a tandem when they went to the uh, Western Conference Finals. He was between... That was uh, when they had... Dwayne they had Rolison. The, they had the uh, tandem captains. Do you remember that? I know it was their first year. They, they switched rotated. captains yeah. every month. Every month they had a new uh, captain. I, I, that, I think for the first couple of years they had that. I don't, I don't know if anyone's ever done that before or since. But uh, anyway, we're <laughs> sidetracked. And I thought the goalies played fine. Even Grimo giving up five goals, I thought it could have been more. So I think the Huskies had a lot of good grade A opportunities. Um, uh, and M- McClellan was fine too, other than the... You know, I don't really know what happened on that Crookshank goal, but uh, I thought he was pretty solid uh, on Saturday. Um, what What did you think about the goaltending from Wisconsin's perspective? I I thought McKellen had a little bit better game than Rowe did. Um, you know, there were a few that Rowe didn't have much of a chance on, um, but you know, I you know we could maybe say like that uh, Wiley or the Ashan goal maybe. Maybe, you know, it's like, uh, I wish you would have stopped that type of goal um, versus. So, um, so to put a bow on uh, the Wisconsin uh, Badgers uh, trip out to the Cole Center, which who knows when we're going to be invited back. Yeah. Um, Might be a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, if they, wa- they want to lose four games. Who knows if Granado will still be the coach then? That's what very a, possible. What a ridiculous thing to give him a contract after last season. A contract extension. Well, well I, because I don't believe his contract was up at the end of last year, or even, I don't even think it was up after this season. I I think the, the thinking there is you want to give your coach an extension from a recruiting standpoint as far as, like, our RPI went through this. They're uh they didn't extend their coach. It was similar to the Mel Pearson situation where their coach, uh, Dave Smith, his contract expired at the end of last, at the end of the 21, 22 season. So he was not under contract and they only extended him in August of, of this year. And in that time between the end of the season and when they resigned him, they lost like five guys in the transfer portal, including like their top scorer. Um, because he's like, how can I commit to this program? Or if I'm an RPI player, I don't even know who's going to be the coach next year. So yeah. I'm going to ski daddle uh, and find, find a better opportunity for me rather than hanging around this sort of unsure who's the coach Schrodinger's cat situation. Is he the coach? Or is Schrodinger. he not the coach? Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's coach. coach. Uh, uh, and they d- ended up resigning. So I think that these programs want to have, a, a, you know, they want to show that the to recruits, hey, this is a solid, you know, a stable situation. You're not going to be coming in here under a, a lame duck coach. Um, so, but the yeah, he, so he's under contract for for another five years, I believe, until I think you said twenty six, twenty seven. That could always be taken care of, paid off. Yeah. Uh, Two point nine million I, dollar buyout, and seeing that there was a willingness to do that with the football coach, which they just fired a few weeks ago, I wouldn't say. I mean, in, in college hockey, firing a coach in season 
for performance is unheard. I can't think yeah, of one. I can't think of any. I mean, there's been uh, conduct-related firings like Rick Bennett uh, from Union last year, and then health reasons. I know that UConn's coach stepped down midseason like a decade ago because I think he was like in cancer uh, treatments. So, but from a wins Speaking and losses of UConn, they've turned into the darling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. I actually wanted to talk a touch on them in our sort of con- around the country roundup. So stick Sorry. around for that. Stick if you around want, for uh, that. You want to hear about some other uh, lesser Huskies, uh, the UConn. <laughs> but yeah, as far as wins and losses, uh, I, I can't think of one. I'm sure there has been, but it's, if it has, it's, it's been many decades since there's been an in-season firing. If they do fire him, it'll probably be the, the Monday after they're eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and... But and I would not be shocked, but I almost think if if you're willing to give it an extension after last season, you'd almost have to do worse than 10 wins in order to get him fired after another season this after the season this year. So if he goes 15 and 18, I mean, yeah, I probably would think he's going to stick around. I don't know. I, I don't really have a pulse on the uh, Wisconsin hockey fan base. You'd think, you'd think that they've been kind of restless for the last, you know, several years. I mean, the only good year really since Granado's taken over was the COVID year, where you know fans weren't allowed into the building, so fans haven't been able to see in person a good uh, Badger team. I mean, going back to the into the Mike Eves era, really. So, um, I don't know. I, he doesn't strike me as a guy, even just to, from his demeanor. And he seems like a guy that doesn't really have that program. You know, he doesn't really yeah. have like complete control. Like it's just, I doesn't look the part, I guess. And, yeah. and, you know, he came from the NHL. I don't know if college is really best suited for him. So, I would not be surprised if they move on, but I would also, based on their sticking with them for what, this is his seventh or eighth year? I mean, and it has not been roses and unicorns since he took over. So uh, yeah. I uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they if he he's there for another eight years, you know. So yeah, right. uh, I guess we'll have to keep a pin in that. So uh, switching over to teams that matter, uh, Huskies here this uh, weekend, homecoming weekend for for St. Cloud State, whatever that means. Um, since you know the many years that we didn't have homecoming, and also the no football team, uh, but uh, you know Minnesota State uh, coming coming to the Herb, uh, and it's it's going to be my first look at you know the new scoreboard and then the uh, the sound system. Uh, here, so I'm really excited. Uh, uh, You're going to be gonna going. The, yep, I'm going to be the, going on Saturday. So, wow. Yep, um, I'm 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 free. Uh, Minnesota State coming off uh, quite the weekend, where they, especially on Saturday yeah. or on Friday, really took two Minnesota Duluth six nothing, um, and then able to win a two one, uh, eke out a win there. So, um. You know, this is this is going to be our test. Um, you know, Minnesota State was very highly touted um, coming into the season, which I believe I said on you know one of our season preview shows that I am a little bit surprised with how much that they've lost. Um, 
And I thought it was vindicated, even though it was an exhibition loss to Omaha. But, um, you know, the split with Minnesota, then now a sweep of Minnesota Duluth. You know, it's everything's early. So who knows um, yeah. right now. And but, factoring, in, factoring in the Niagara sweep of Omaha, that yeah. could also sort of say how much stock we should have put into that exhibition game result. Right, exactly. Although they got they got off the mat and uh, came back to tie uh, and win against Lake State this weekend, so maybe maybe Omaha is for real. <laughs> I couldn't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> I mean, I mean, hey, it was it was a crazy weekend in college hockey between yep, Lindenwood and, we'll get to and that. like it, I yep. mean, and then you know Omaha coming back from four rip to tie, right? But um, uh, yeah, so. Just, you know, this team now with, you know, some of the usual suspects, you know, uh, I, w- I would say that that I remember from these past years are, you know, graduated, gone. Um, you know, obviously the one that stands out the most is Ryan Sandlin, which is, um, uh, you know, obviously the relation to the Bulldogs head coach. But, um, you know, Jake Livingstone, Sam Morton. You know, some of these guys are a little more under the radar um, over previous seasons, and they've been able to shine so far uh, coming into, uh, you know, this weekend against the Huskies. So it's it's going to be our first test really for this defense and, the, and these goalies. You know, we haven't really had that test, the Mankato speed, and it's, it's something that I'm going to keep an eye on is how our defense is going to react because this is going to be a, a, a very – benchmark you know tape measure type series to see where we're going to measure up um you know for the next maybe even five six weeks in my opinion maybe i'm taking too much stock into this but i think this is it this is our first test and it's going to be important for us to to come out of the gate swinging yeah yeah i i it's a very intriguing contest and knowing what we know about mankato um I'm confident to think that Mankato is going to be a tournament team this year. And based on their league, I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to be like a one seed in the tournament again. Knowing that um, and still knowing some question you know, and, and being aware of the question marks that St. Cloud has, I'd be happy with a split this weekend. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if it's a sweep one way or the other, mm-hmm. but I would be happy with a split from St. Cloud's perspective. Um you know, I there's similar the similar storyline I think between these two teams coming into this season is is goaltending question marks. You know, mm-hmm. you mentioned coming off of last season for Mankato and really coming off the last five years of Mankato, is <laughs> knowing who was their it only five? Be. It felt like long. <laughs> yeah. no, knowing who their goalie was going to be, Dryden McKay, um, and he's oh, that gone, of course. Gone, of course, and interesting. So they start the year with uh, Keenan Rancier, who who got a token, you know, token action as McKay's backup last year, and I think he only got into two games. I mean, that's how much McKay played. He played all pretty much all every single game and every single minute for for Mankato, and they started with Rancier for that Gopher series. And you know, losing at Mariucci, and then coming back and and winning at home, um, but for the uh, for the Duluth series, 
it was um, Alex Tracy getting the start both games and winning both games. Now that's that Friday game. I mean, he only had seven shots faced through the first two periods. I think it was 10 shots total in the game. Very low shot uh, amount for Duluth. Uh, and so perhaps not. I, I didn't watch. I didn't catch a ton of the action because those games were going on concurrently with the Huskies game. So I, I was trying to keep an eye on it. But especially that Friday game when I saw it was out of hand, I really didn't pay much attention to that to the end of that game. Um, but doing some research about Tracy, because he's won the last two games and he's sort of a hot goalie, I guess. Um, I, I'm assuming he's going to get the start at least on Friday uh, against the Huskies. Um, was a uh, USHL goaltender, and he played for Sioux City last year, and they ended up winning the Clark Cup. So he has you know, playoff USHL playoff-tested uh, goaltender uh, in, in Alex Tracy, and you know, you know, similar to the St. Clouds, you know. I guess just amplified more because McKay ends up finishing his career with a Hobie Baker award, but St. Cloud coming off of five years of having a, you know, a, a tried and true sort of, we know, we generally know that Hrenek was going to get the start as St. Cloud is, is transitioning this year, starting off with a goalie tandem on each, you know, one guy's got each night, you know, Mankato has done it a little differently where they started out with one guy getting both, both nights against the Gophers and now flip-flopping with Tracy. I wonder if the plan was to flip-flop this last week against Duluth, but then once Tracy pitches the shutout on Friday, that's they what I was go thinking, at yeah. they, they give it give him the, the hot hand kind of start on Saturday. So maybe maybe he does the same this week. If he plays really well on Friday, then he'd also get Saturday. But if Huskies get to him on Friday night, perhaps we would we'll see Rancier. So I I do think that's a storyline that both teams sort of have in common is that they're both still figuring out uh, goaltender. You know, if 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 a number one is going to emerge, and as you said, you know, some losses from last year, not as much as I thought. I mean, there's high end losses as far as from their skaters go. Nathan Smith, leading scorer last year, uh, you know, left shortly after uh, and signed an NHL deal. I don't know if he's still. I know he he signed with Arizona. I don't know if he's still in, in the in the system. But uh, and also Julian Napravnik was also their number two leading scorer. They actually had four guys. I didn't realize again. My perception of Mankato is just being this kind of t- stout, defensive, big, burly kind of team. This is a, a program that led the country in goals scored last year. 178 tallies on the, on the season last year, uh, which led the nation. And they had, you know, we, we mentioned Wisconsin, their leading scorers from last year had 22 <laughs> points. Both at uh, DeSant Fall and Kuhlman's, both had 22 points last year. Uh, Mankato last year had 11 players with at least 22 points, uh, including Smith with 50 and then three other guys with 40-plus points. Put that in perspective. Fitzgerald led the team last year for the Huskies with 34 points. Um, so, uh, and then he had you know Sandlin, Livingstone at the point from the point had 31 points. Hiroshi, another uh, defenseman of theirs, 20 plus point season from the point. Um, Cole Borchard, 41 point season last year, kind of skating on the radar there. Um, and as you mentioned, Sam Morton scored couple of the goals last weekend against Duluth. He put up a 25-point season last year. 
and so, yeah, this team has some speed. It's got some scoring prowess, both from forwards and from the point. It's got a good uh, power play system. Now, now, one thing also we have to remember with all the points that they scored is, yeah, you know, they did have six games against St. Thomas. <laughs> Oh right! Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah, you know. This, so I mean, Ferris State. I mean, uh, yeah, this of course. Is, uh, yeah, this I, yes. I, I think that goes without. Usually, you're the one when I when I say, "Hey, Mankato, you got to put it in context." There in the CCHA, it's a lesser league. It seems like you tend to poo-poo that. It's a it's a given that yeah. You, you switch schedules here, St. Cloud and poo-poo is a little strong. I mean, you play the games that are in front of you. You score. That's, that's right. Great. Yeah, but I, I would have got would have gotten four more games against St. Thomas. There should be like a currency exchange else. between yeah. like CCHA well, goals and like real league goals. Isn't that like what the pairwise is supposed to do? Try to equal these teams out from you know <laughs> from the differences in the schedules that they play. It's a crapshoot. I I know, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's. I mean, I, I say this as they just put up six against Minnesota Duluth. Well, and that that's interesting too. I, I'm wondering, and I want to pose this question to you because because I'm wondering, does that series say more about Mankato or does it yeah. say more about Duluth? Yeah, I, I think don't it might know. be a latter. We might figure out pretty quick here because Duluth has Wisconsin on the schedule. It's <laughs> interesting that they're sort of switching. Uh, St. Cloud and them are switching opponents, right. albeit different different home and away situations. St. Cloud hosting Mankato and uh, Duluth hosting uh, Wisconsin. But yeah, good on Wisconsin for taking an away series like that. That's really impressive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I was going to make a Penn State crack, but we can get to that later. <laughs> um, that's when we get get to the Penn State portion of the show. But. Uh, um, uh, but yeah, you're right. I don't know what it says more about because I mean, I mean, with my the season I mean, pr- predictions, I I had Minnesota Duluth number two, and uh, as of as of right now, that that ain't looking too good. Well, I mean, that top three, you know, the vaunted top three of the conference that we both were very high on in, in whatever order we had them: Denver, North Dakota, and, and Duluth. 0.0 wins last weekend by that by combined between those three programs. So, uh, I, I, I guess, uh, North Dakota get, to technically get a tie, would it be like, yeah, win, like so. 0.5 maybe? I don't know what's the or yeah, 0.5 because 0.45. I don't know what the pair was. I'm like Jim Rich no, over just here. For, right now. For a, it was a it was an actual tie, oh, so. Okay. It, and don't come back, anyone, all you, any listener that's going to come back and say, they won the shootout. Man. It does not count. <laughs> yeah, that's the wrong answer. So. That's that's correct. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I From the perspective of Duluth, just being able to generate zero offense, maybe that maybe that's saying something about how Mankato's defense is, is a shutdown defense. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, and, again, we'll, we'll see some – Results on that hypothesis of of what that series said more about Mankato or Duluth. We'll get some some data more more data this weekend based on the results. But um, it's an opponent. It's a tough opponent. It's a you know historical rival, you know, beer bowl, and ever everything with Saint Cloud and Mankato. Um, and I'm sure the rivalry is not as hot as it maybe once was, but there's still some history there and. Uh, 
you know, obviously Mike Hastings coming, you know, he's joining in on the homecoming here because he's a former Husky. He's a Husky alum. So uh, maybe maybe he can be rudely re-welcomed back into Stearns County uh, this weekend. So should be a, a fun series. And like I said, uh, I, I, I'd be more than okay with the split. And, um, but I'd be really happy with like a win and a tie. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we'll see. Uh, Back I'm in the excited. football I'm days, excited for this one. the Huskies and Mavericks, they did a fight for the traveling training kit. Well, that was the traveling tro- trophy between. The okay. That's good. So it was like, uh, I don't know, like a first aid kit, I guess. And one side was red with the Huskies and the other side was purple with the. I would have thought it had been like a case of Mick Golden Draft Light. Uh, probably uh, Bush Light now. That, 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 Nat, natty that Ice. Would have been the, yeah, that would have been the uh, yeah, case of Natty, natty Light uh, or Natty Ice. At, that is the traveling. Maybe that should be the traveling trophy. Natty Ice for the hockey. You know, you know, hockey, ice. Get it? Yeah, I think that that's a, that's a good one. Maybe we should uh, throw that out th- throw that out there to... Uh, we still don't have an athletic director. Oh, Jesus. It's actually an old tackle box. Oh. But they don't, I mean, they, we, I mean, we don't have a football team anymore. So oh. is this trophy, this trophy is just doing nothing. Maybe we do need to transfer it to the hockey. I, I would love it if we brought it back. Like there is a, why, why, there is no trophy games in hockey. Why? Why is that only a football thing? You well, know. I mean, what the gold pan for? Uh, I suppose. Yep. CC. I, I guess is there, a, and there is the Governor's Cup. For yeah, the, uh, Alaska schools. Alaska. Yeah. Um, I, I would, I would be all for. Who do we have to write? Yeah, we, yeah, like you said, maybe we have to write for our athletic director. Be like, hey, let's let's transfer this over since. I know that you got passed over, rudely passed over, and incorrectly passed over for the PA position, but <sighs> did you send over that resume for the uh, AD position? I did not. I, I should just uh, make a couple of little edits and 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 get that switched mm-hmm. over. I um, I, But I wonder if Mankato's like, no, it's a football trophy, and uh, we won the last one, 45 to 10, so it's ours now, and it'll be ours for forever. Yeah, which I guess would be like them. I mean, I guess you got a point, but so, um, yeah, so it's, I think this series, we're going to learn a lot about both teams. So it's, yep. it's going to be a fun series. I think it's going to be incredibly fast paced and I just, I, ju- I just hope to see some pucks in the net. Um, you know, both teams have been stout defensively as well as goalies that have kind of impressed. And if we get some drag them out games, it's going to be kind of a letdown. But um, I think the team history between these teams have been pretty high scoring here as of late. So I, I hope that hope that continues. Um, yeah, sw- switching over. Um, and anything else you want to say about Mankato before we move on to kind we, of the national scene? I think we scene? covered it. Do you have like a uh, prediction? Do you want to go out on a limb here? Uh, I mean, like you just said, what are you thinking? You don't like, need, need, no, need to do scores or anything. Just what, what are you generally thinking? Split. Well, I mean, if it's us show, the scores would be three two. Well, three so, to two, and three, <laughs> three to two, three, three, to, three, to, three two. to two. Um, if if I were to guess, it would probably I would say a split. Um, I know that's kind of the 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 chicken answer uh, uh, to kind of go with that, but 
Um, yeah, I would I would say St. Cloud wins Friday and then uh Mankato comes back on Saturday and takes it. Um it's kind kinda of the way I look at it. So Okay, I'll go the other way. I'll say Mankato wins Friday and St. Cloud comes back on Saturday. Because I want to see I want you to be in the building for the win. Ooh, I want to be in the building. Well, yeah, why did why did they predict eight. that? That was dumb of me. Yeah. And it seems like I think a lot of times it's the Friday game is good for the road team. It seems like, you know, a lot of times that Saturday game, it's like, okay, we, we got we got handled on Friday. Now we need to step it up in front of our home fans on Saturday. See, the Friday game is the trap game. And for the road team, you want to go in there. You know, the team's kind of on the back. They've been hanging around for all week. and Got that long bus, bus ride. You've had the bus ride yeah, and the camarader- camaraderie. Uh, and so I, I think that's when you – there's not an easy pumps. way, you know, to drive from from St. Cloud to Mankato. I mean, do you, do you go up 169 and go through the cities? That's kind of that's kind of terrible. Unless you want to stop at Canterbury, I guess. Quick bet on the ponies before, but I don't think it's open right now. It's it'll be really cold for those horses to run. But they got the poker room there, so there you go. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was you know where where are we at right now? About an hour or so. 53? 53. God, we're cruising. Look at this. Look at us. So, um, yeah, let's just go over because, like like I said earlier, it was a, it was just a crazy weekend of college hockey. Um, it, like, where do you even want to start? Um, everyone's stumbling in the NCHC? I mean, really, other than... Huskies. And Huskies. O- Omaha. And, and Omaha. Ooh, and Western Michigan. Western Michigan swept uh, Bowling Green. Oh, that's scored right. A, scored a bunch of goals. Western Michigan like scored more goals than the Wild gave up on the weekend, and which is the Wild really gave up a impressive. Bunch of goals. Uh, what a what a dumpster fire this Wild. <laughs> so far. Anyway, um, yeah, I guess I was most shocked about Denver getting swept. I mean, going out to UMass and. You know, there was just, you know, just just judging by the box scores of that game, I mean, it just uh, Denver probably shouldn't even left the left the tarmac. Well, on Friday, they heavily outshoot UMass, forty-seven to fifteen. But from what from what I gathered, the first time I checked on it, UMass was up three nothing. And they and UMass had three shots on goal, um, so if that was correct from the CHN app, and it Which looked like knows? it looked like uh, UMass took a five-minute major within the first minute and scored mm-hmm. two shorties. Yeah, so it was one of those like you, you get off to that kind of start, and then just you know digging yourself such an early hole, and then Denver just con- continues to press all game long, but unable to to get past their goaltender and. But that then that Saturday game seemed to be much more of a kind of complete dominant performance from UMass. So um, I know you were down on UMass because you know they they had to rally to tie uh, AIC. You did mm-hmm. not like that sort of uh, performance. You know when it, when a team stumbles against AIC, you see that as sort of a red flag. Um, you know, right, rightfully so. 
But I, I said, hey, that's going to be a tough one for Denver. I did not think they were going to get swept, though. And the same thing with, uh, with North Dakota and Quinnipiac. Figuring that had been a good sort of hot series early on in the season. And really, North Dakota lucky to escape even just with the one tie. Because they were down, what, three goals on Friday? Three and... goals twice. They were down 3 nothing and 4-1. to one. Right. Um, but came out with a heck of a stretch of the third period right at the uh right at the beginning um well i guess a third you know a third of the way through you know they scored got a couple of favorable penalty calls i think they, mm-hmm. they had a two on, uh, five on three at one point um but some bad then goals took the lead yeah quinnipiac so. yeah that that fifth goal for north dakota is kind of a bleeder um and but quinnipiac rallies to tie it and then sort of dominate on Saturday, 6-2 to win. So kind of a statement series for Quinnipiac and early season stumble for North Dakota. I was surprised. I mean, Which, I mean, North about, Dakota is up to do. I mean, right. I mean, that's Hacks- more like the, the fire Hackstall days. Yeah, I mean, that, that was like a Hackstall era. Bit. Yeah, was, was we're going to play 500 until January, and then you're not going to beat us. <laughs> right. Yeah, and then you even had you know Colorado College going out to St. Lawrence and getting swept. Um, not sure St. Lawrence is all that all that hot, um, but it looks like Colorado College isn't either. So Denver, or excuse me, Miami was off for the weekend, so they were spared any result. But not not a good not a good uh, weekend for the conference as a whole. As you mentioned, you know we we touched on the Omaha you know, coming back from down four nothing after the first period to tie Lake state. And then they had one there on Friday as well. So a, a good weekend for them, but, um, and a good weekend for the Huskies, as we mentioned, but for the rest of the league and a good weekend, or I guess it was Thursday, Friday for Western Michigan against Bowling green. But, uh, other than that, uh, a, a windless showing for the conference. And that, that does, you know, that, that has the potential of, of affecting, you know, playoff positioning and pairwise. Um, a weekend like this isn't going to kill the, the conference from that perspective, but a couple of the weekends do. And I mean, the losing, results, yeah, losing to good teams don't necessarily hurt you as much. So, right. It's, it's more the, you know, Omaha losing the Niagara. Yeah. If, if those become a trend, um, that, that would be maybe the difference between getting four, three teams in versus four teams, something <laughs> like that. I mean, if you're a good, good enough team, uh, you're going to make the points, you know, the, the math will, will favor you at the end. But when it comes down to those sort of bubble teams, a lot of times is that strength of schedule is what uh, puts you over. And that strength of schedule is, is raised if the rest of the conference does well in pairwise or it does well in non-conference games. So hopefully this uh, isn't a, a trend that the conference is going to have weekends like this. And maybe it's a testament because they, generally don't have weekends like this that it's notable that once they do have something where uh, teams get swept uh, unexpectedly, uh, it's noteworthy. I guess that speaks to the, uh, how good this league traditionally has been. And I think uh, everyone can blame me for this uh, because I predicted the Denver North Dakota series uh, would be one versus two. And uh, both of them uh, really just, you know, yeah, that reminds me. <laughs> I, I think I, they lost. I 
just to spite me, actually. I wouldn't doubt because of how much uh, they hate me and I hate them. Uh, so it's, you just reminded me to I had not I had forgotten to check out this week's Hustro this. poll. Don't do this. Oh, yeah. I, this is the first. You're getting my live oh. reaction. Um, and the Gophers are number one. Coming <laughs> off that bye week, they <laughs> that bye looked, week, they good really job. looked good in the bye week. Uh, yeah, and so yeah, Minnesota State at number two, St. Cloud at eight. So oh, and St. Cloud getting a first place vote. Yeah. Uh wonder who wonder who that is. Did Brown get a vote? Brown did not get a vote. What the hell? <laughs> who was who was the person there who put him at he 20? He did it for the first like, 3 weeks. <laughs> first 3 weeks and now <laughs> And it's like you got Harvard and Cornell are ranked and again, these are Ivies. They don't start until November. <laughs> Why are they ranked? But and then the Brown like what I don't, I don't I don't get it. Maybe we scared off the brown voter uh, after after last week's I, podcast. I, I want to know who that brown voter is. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds yeah, racist. <laughs> I did not. Yeah, that is Brown University. Is it University of Brown or Brown University? Brown University. All right. So I've heard they're a good school. Um, <laughs> I heard they're all right. Yeah, I heard I mean, like from. I mean, not from, a, from like from a, a books from a books standpoint. And I do have to apologize. I said last week that they've never made a tournament. They've made four. Oh, wow. uh, they've only made one in our lifetime. Nineteen ninety three was the last time they've made a tournament. They lost to uh, Duluth. No, oh. our friends. Oh, I was going to say Maine, but then before that, <laughs> was, it, was it was it Maine? <laughs> No, it was. They played Maine that year. That was Maine's like forty-five and one season. Yeah, um, and they would they played Maine that year. But anyway, yeah. And then they they made a couple of tournaments like in the in the Stone Age uh, when yeah. And so they made a couple of Frozen Fours technically, but that's when the only part of the NCAA tournament was the Final Four. Uh, and so yeah, like sometime in the fifties they made the title game. But I digress. Uh, that's your brief uh, history lesson on brown hockey. But yeah, I'm uh, just looking over this Austro Polk. Yeah, Quinnipiac's up there getting a couple of first place votes. Um, I was surprised to see that BU and Michigan uh, series. Michigan just handed it to uh, to BU on Friday, mm-hmm. nine to two. Uh, and it was seven to one at one point when I checked. There's also on the, the Big Ten Network uh, Plus app that they got me to buy for a month. But then Boston University uh, comes back and wins on Sunday. Uh, interesting. So uh, yeah, and Connecticut, we we mentioned them five zero and one. And this is a team that has, I can f- say for sure, UConn has never made a tournament before, and they were. Knocking at the door last year in the Hockey East title game. Went to overtime, I believe, against UMass in that title game. If they would have won, obviously, they would have gotten the automatic qualifier. And so that was obviously their best chance of making the tournament. And now off to a 5-0-1 start. Granted, not the best uh, competition they've played. You know, They swept a, a bad Connecticut team to start the season. Uh, and sweeping Union, not well, who very did good. Connecticut Ohio, sweep? Ohio. Uh, they went to Vermont, swept okay. Vermont, and then swept Union, including one in overtime game there. And then a, a win and a tie against Ohio State. And Ohio State's been decent. 
uh, in years past. Um, so uh, I don't know if we, uh, you know, early season sort of hot takes, if we want to say UConn's going to be there in the field of 16, but, you know, it's a good start. Good yeah. start for them. Yeah, it's better than the alternative. Um, right. You know, I, I do remember, I, I've seen as of late Connecticut, you know, kind of pick up some really impressive recruits. Um, so I think some of them are starting to funnel into the system. And, and now I think kind of, you know, obviously, I mean, this was what, five, six years ago or something when Tage Thompson was there. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember that one kind of being the first big splash of why the heck is a guy of this caliber going to Connecticut? But, um, you know, ever since then, I've, I've noticed that they've been picking up, a you know, a good player here and there. And I think now, you know, everything has kind of fallen in, into place. So uh, we'll see if they can keep that rolling. And um, well, I, well, I think a big thing was when Kavanaugh became their coach, a, a longtime BC assistant, and he's been there for quite a while now. Um, their first, his first year was... I believe the first year of the NCHC and at that his first season was UConn's last season in Atlantic hockey. I, it, it's, I, I forget that they were in Atlantic. That's right. Um, they were, but then moved on to hockey East. I think having Kavanaugh take over played a part in that because he had such ties to Jerry York and the old time, you know, old school club, there, uh, old boys club in the, in the hockey East. Uh, their big thing for a while was they just never really had a permanent like on-campus facility. They had one that they were playing in their Atlantic hockey days, but when they moved to Hockey East, they didn't think that that rink was a viable facility for Hockey East. So they've been playing out of Hartford, which is, you know, UConn's in stores, which is not, not Hartford, obviously. Um so they've been playing at the AHL facility where the uh, Hartford Wolfpack play pretty much in their entirety for, for Hockey East. But they finally do have a on-campus facility in stores. It's going to open in the middle of the season. They're, they're thinking like the beginning of January that they're going to open it, which I think is a, another reason why some people are high on them because now that's, again, from a recruiting standpoint, yeah. having an on, on-campus facility that – you can really make your own and you're not sort of a tenant in a professional team's, you know, arena. It's sort of a big step for a program like that. And it's one that's, you know, many years in the making, like this isn't Kavanaugh's, like I said, he's close to being there for 10 years and just now getting that final step, kind of like what we're seeing with Arizona state getting, you know, opening their arena this past weekend, huge step in, in just solidifying your program and establishing an identity. Once you have a, do so you have a jewel in your backyard to to show your potential recruits that that's really a, a huge step for a program? So, you know, maybe this is the beginning beginning of something real for UConn, and that's something you know. that's really gonna hold St. Thomas back. I mean, they just right. they just can't find the land right now uh, to to build. So, yeah, it, it is it is huge, you know. Mm-hmm. And speaking so of new programs, I, I, yeah, Lindenwood. Gets their first win in dramatic fashion. A pretty crazy game there. <laughs> I wish I could have been able to see it. I, I don't know right? if they were if they were doing streams. I I, I didn't check. And they, I think this is the. I think they only have two home series all season. 
and and God bless uh, Frank Saratori and Air Force for being willing to to schlep to suburban St. Louis to make that happen. Um, but uh, yeah, seven to six, but they they were down four goals at one point, and I think down three in the third period. But then coming back to to win for their for their first uh, win as a D one program. So congratulations to the Lions. Went three for five on the power play. There you go. Hey, they've shown a, a capability of being able to score. You know, being putting four up on the number one in the country, Golden Gophers, and having a couple of leads in Ann Arbor in those games against Michigan. So, you know, this is a team that can isn't afraid to to grace the score sheet. And uh, I guess Air Force can attest to that firsthand, giving up seven. Like, I I miss college hockey stats. <laughs> I, I would really like to go a episode where I don't talk about how much I miss college hockey stats, but it it is it is a loss. Yeah, right now averaging three point one six goals per game. Which I don't know how many first. Did you just do that math on the fly yourself? Yeah. That's so good. Which is why I wish that it was just right there in front of me. But apparently if I go to the stats page, like it's individual stats, like team page. Oh, and and like, CH, like the CHN app doesn't even have Lindenwood's logo up. Like, come on. Come on, man. Yeah. Like put their logo up. Like it feels like they're not. It's even actually a, real a pretty team. bomb logo too. I don't. I couldn't tell you what it is oh. because I don't know. I can't. I have never seen it. I guess I got to Google it. I got to do all the work of you Googling do all- it myself, right? Oh yeah, uh, that is a nice little, nice little yeah. logo. Yeah, kind of cool. The lion. The, the lion. Yeah, the lion kind of looks mean. You know. <laughs> I guess yeah, that's the whole point of having the lion, right? So. All right, questions. Wait, did we... Hold on a second. Did we totally miss a player of the weekend? Or did we... I think we did. I did some brainstorming on that this weekend, and we should do that. <laughs> should I edit the podcast and put it right there? Nah, the... yeah, nah. Okay, fine, fair Just enough. Just keep it right here. Keep it right here. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go first. Or the no, go, do we, well, do we the, have the Go Huskies Go woo. Huskies Woo. Um... It's his uh, bit, so he can he can start yeah. it off. So, uh, got to be Grant Crookshank. Um, he was a force all weekend and showed up in the f- score sheet. Um, thoughts? Um, he thought uh, Bassey was the better goaltender in week one, and he thought Casser was the better goaltender here this week. Um, if we were kind of doing head-to-head goalie matchups, that was uh, that was his thought. Um, really liked uh, Ethan O'Coin's game. Um, like you said, he was kind of that spark plug. He generated a lot of, um, I don't want to say chances, but he was, he was definitely a pest out there. Um, kind of kept his motor running kind of like a Johnny Swanson type. It's kind of the best way that I can describe. Is this coming? Is this coming from go Huskies woo or are you sort of riffing? Well, here, I guess both. I mean, he said, Oh, coin was are, good. are you go Huskies woo? I am not go Huskies woo. I already have two Twitter accounts. I cannot manage a third. You have two Twitter accounts? Yeah. I've got one just for hockey. Yeah. Oh, 
so all good <laughs> all good uh it's i mean it's kind of a problem but um no go as just said oh coin was good so i kind of elaborated a little bit more so i did good. i guess i guess I'm sorry if you guys thought I spoke for Gohusi's Woo. I, I did not mean. I was just one. Yeah, I, I didn't know when the Gohusi's Woo content ended and when your content started. But it's nice to know, get the peek behind the curtain there, so yeah. to speak. Um, he also said, good result on Friday. Kind of surprised Brett didn't make any changes other than the goalie. So getting some of the other um, players in there. Um, I thought. It didn't surprise me at all, actually, that there were no changes after a five to one dominating win, other than the goalie, because that was obviously going to be the the plan going forward. So I guess that didn't surprise me at all. But I think there'll be other times that, well, I mean, I guess like you said, who knows? And Brand's going to get back in the lineup. I mean, I didn't necessarily he, miss him. He might have been Wally pipped for all mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he also sent a picture of the penalty box of, um, (laughs) it was, uh, Jack Rogers when he took a penalty and the woman in the penalty box, um, during, during the game for the Huskies, um, says that we need to find this woman. She was just so disinterested. She was just a, it was just a mood. It was just a presence of her just. Being there and just not really caring, and uh, he wanted to give props to her. <laughs> just it was All just right. the, it was just some aura about her, just kind of sitting there and just being like. <laughs> well, would you be all that excited if you had to work the penalty box for a Wisconsin Badgers men's <laughs> hockey game? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I mean, that's got to be. I don't know. I mean, the only thing worse, I guess, would be if like smooth jazz was playing in the penalty box i think that would make it worse <laughs> but yeah that, that's wrong that's with smooth pretty, jazz yeah uh, uh, let on. me some witten marsalis uh, <laughs> i don't say it i You're can't believe you just and I don't name dropped smooth jazz like that <laughs> <laughs> hey i can do this i, I can riff man let's keep it going all right, I'll put that. I'll maybe, maybe, yeah. I just haven't found the right smooth jazz artist, so I'll put that on my list. Uh, Do my, that my next Spotify. Spot, Spotify that. Yep. Yeah. Well, who's that again? I said Winton Marsalis. You can go okay. Branford Marsalis as well as his brother. They, they both are uh, jazz musicians. Did the older brother go to Wisconsin? No, I think he went to Brown. Oh. University of Brown University? University of Brown. It's exactly, yes. University of Brown Institute in Mendota Heights. Of smooth jazz. U-B-I-S-J. Got it. So, okay. So, I guess the main thing is player of the weekend, Go Huskies Woo, is Grant Crookshank. Who do you pick? I was going to go Crookshank as well. Yeah, it's, it's I, kind of a no-brainer in my opinion. I guess I'll be different and say a Sean. I mean, like I said, with that, four, I kind of wanted to shout out that the, those that fourth line or that bottom six. Yeah. You know, because I thought that they were all sort of impressive in their own ways. But, yeah, let's keep it easy. Let's just make it yeah. three for three and go with Crookshank. Yeah, it's, you know, that was... You know, again, 
you know, that was a question mark that I had and was our, our bottom six and our goaltending was kind of our big two. My, you know, is where the, that, uh, you know, what kind of identity we're going to have. And so far I've been really, really pleased on both aspects. So well, I think the one downside of, of doing the goalie tandem is we're not going to probably have a player of the weekend be a goalie if they keep this up. Cause I really can't give a, a player of the weekend for a player that just played one game of the, of the series, even though like he's, I agreed with go woo that both goal. Well, he said that bat or he liked caster better than Bassie yeah, potato potato to me. I thought they were both quite good. Um, so, but I, I, I can't give it to them as a tandem because that's kind of cheating. But I don't feel right doing it. If you sweep, I think it's... I, I don't want to give it just one of the goalies. So maybe that's another reason for us to find a number one starter is that they can be eligible for a, a, a Huskies Hockey Podcast Player of the Weekend. I'll award. talk... Uh, I'll, I'll slide into Brett Larson's DMs and I'll let him know, hey, can you pick Just a goalie so he can be yeah. eligible for our niche <laughs> podcast fake award that we have? Uh, your, I'm sorry, see, prestigious I'm more, award. I'm more, okay. Your niche, I'm niche. But I think I think both is correct. But it's I've heard it both ways. Yeah. Which is a reference. See how to, see how uh, Go Huskies Woo pronounces it. That'll be yeah. the tiebreaker. It's uh how can I put that in a poll? Just emphasize knee like N E E N E E S H versus N I T C H. Yeah. Maybe. Huh. You know what? Listeners, chime in. Send me an at. Send us an email. Uh, let us know. I am dying to know what way Dan Jacobson is on this <laughs> question. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't niche. Sound, I don't think I would ever say niche. I think it it's seems too violent. It, it I seems, think it's niche. Yeah, here is it. It's niche for a noun. Like you find your niche, but niche as in an adjective. Like we mm. are a niche podcast. I think that is the correct answer. Gotcha. Okay. I can kind of see that working. What would Will Shorts do? What would he, what would he say about it? He's got that. I think uh, he would say yes. <laughs> he would he say, say it's not a crossword. What do I care? No, he's got a podcast, right? Doesn't he have some? He has like a game podcast, I think. Yes. He he's always on like the NPR Sunday show, I think. He's done that for a while. Does no, like that's Wait, segment. Wait, Don't Tell Me. He's no, not on Wait, Wait, he Don't does a, Tell Me. He does a, it's not that. It's something different, but gotcha. I don't I don't listen to NPR, so. Hmm. I'm taking a stance here. God. I just, I never have. I Sorry. I, was it, uh, it's because Car Talk ended. You can say that. It's okay. Yeah, it, it is. It, 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 it did. Click, it click did and clack. Click and clack the Tappan Brothers. Um, when will Tony Granado be fired? Uh, it should have happened a while ago, so probably never. <laughs> if it eight, hasn't happened years, already. Like I said, another eight years. Um, would you change anything about your preseason NCHC rankings already from Dan Jacobson? Um, I wouldn't change, but I am not feeling good. I mean, like right now, it's like I don't even know where to put anybody <laughs> other than Omaha towards the bottom. That would be the one, if I had any, I'd probably slip Omaha down. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, So I don't know. It's too early. Once we get into conference play, then we'll be able to figure out how wrong we were, I think. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, Maverick speed, cause for concern. Goalie tandem again this week. Uh, yes to the goalie tandem, Maverick speed. Yeah, it's it's going to be a fast up and down game. So I think that is a good test. For I bet defense. you. I bet you the Mavericks hockey podcast is wondering, hey, how are the Mavericks going to put up with this Husky speed? Yeah, and right. It goes, goes both ways. Exactly. Especially on fat ice. On fat, right? fat ice. So it's, it's it'll get a workout this weekend. Um, and then uh, exiled one. Will Mike Hastings appreciate getting to watch his alma mater sweep its homecoming weekend series in person? I hope so. I hope I think he, so too. So, um, I think a sweep for either team is going to be really hard to come by. Um, yeah, but I hope uh, St. Cloud's up to that uh, up to that task. So, but yeah. So, um, you know, as we kind of wrap up the podcast, do you have any kind of final? Final, uh, final takes, final. I did want to mention, yeah, I did want to mention, you know, St. Cloud and Wisconsin and the men's side was not the only Badger Husky action this weekend. And we should mention that, uh, the women's team, Huskies women's team, uh, got a, you know, it was overtime loss on Saturday. Had a, had a one goal lead, two to one lead going into the final uh, few minutes, final minute. Final minute, I th- or maybe like a minute and change, like minute and two or three seconds. Yeah, Wisconsin had to pull the goal. When Wisconsin, yeah, Wisconsin tied it up and then won in overtime. But looking at that early season gauntlet of going to Ohio State, then home against Wisconsin, and then I believe they have a home at home with the Gophers this coming weekend. Going anything more than zero and six, and by dropping an overtime loss, that is technically not just. That's not just a regulation loss. You do get some pairwise points for that. I I mean, yeah, and they were heavily outshot in both games, that Friday game, which I saw a little bit of, you know, 40-something to you know, low low uh, double digits in shots. They're clearly, obviously, Wisconsin's the better team, but baby steps, and uh, I got to give them some, some credit to, to getting something out of uh, a Wisconsin game. And, and so... Yeah. You know, it's this is uh, you know year zero for Adolski, and uh, so far at least you know it's not like we're going to get a ton of wins this year. We're not going to be probably not going to be uh, sniffing any sort of NCAA uh, action this year, and maybe even for the next few years. But it starts uh, it starts now with the 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 turnaround. Hopefully, is already underway, and getting a result like that, even if it is an overtime loss, it, I I see it as as a uh, a step or a sign in the right direction. So, yeah. I, I mean, when you're talking, you know, starting the season and again, you know, we did have uh Rensler in there as a non-conference, but um, you know, when you're talking, starting your, your conference against three of the top powerhouses in women's college hockey, it's um, it, that, that's tough. That's a tough task. And, you know, to see, um, both Nyland and Lynn, you know, averaging over a point uh, per game so far this season. You know, that's, um, you know, that that's that's awesome to see. Um, and I'm really taking a keen look into how the series is or the season is going to progress. You know, the big thing is that I'm I'm really hoping we do have that forward momentum, which. It felt like for under previous regimes, we just were always just stagnant and we never really got to that next level. And it's 
so far I'm liking um, the era, Madalski's um, era so far. Um, you know, even the losses that we've had, you know, previous losses that we've had to Ohio State and Wisconsin were a lot more lopsided right. than five nothing, six two that you know that we've seen. So, um, it's gonna be, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's a se- it's gonna be a season, you know, where he's gonna be kind of learning the ropes. Adolski's gonna be learning the ropes, and but uh, I think this team is on on the right track, and I'm excited to see where uh, where everything ends up. That's right. See if they can get uh, if they can give the Gophers a good game uh, mm-hmm. this weekend. Now is that that's a home and home, I believe, right? I believe it is. Yes. So. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Friday home and Saturday at um, um, Ritter. So perfect. All right. Uh, well, that about does her uh, for for this uh, week's episode. Thank you so much for turning in. We'll be back uh, recapping hopefully a Husky sweep. So uh, on. Uh, oh, reach me at more clappers. M O A R clappers. Uh, Andrew, you could reach him at our uh, email address. What's that email? Official email uh, account of the podcast. It's uh, Huskies Hockey Podcast at gmail.com. Perfect. A niche or niche? Yes. So, there we, there we go. And spell out the uh, the pr- pronunciation spell. Yep. You, you get it. You, you get it. So, perfect. Uh, thank you. And until next time, go Huskies. Woo! Woo!